everybody. Howdy. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we're here for episode 54. Just like I say every time. 54. This is the first 54, though. Yeah, you haven't said 54 previously. I never would have thought when we first started this thing that I'd be saying 54. 54. All right. This is my first episode as a yeah. non-Microsoft employee. In the, the post-Microsoft world for Alan. It's, I, I have no regrets. Oh, you're still in the honeymoon phase, of course. But tell us more about that. <laughs> well, they shower gifts on me every day before the masseuse comes to my desk. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's refreshing. It's small. Like the internal tools, like the, the, the travel site is a pain in the butt. The expense reporting site, more of a pain in the butt. I can't, expend, I can't submit one of my expense reports because for the last day or two it can't find my boss <laughs> it, but it can find you <laughs> it can find, it's, it's hilarious uh, so I I've, I have several friends that have uh, gone the route you have and I um, and one of the common things that they say is is um, first thing they notice uh, is in comparison to Microsoft some of these sort of common processes the, just the severe lack of automation on them that that yeah these typical things that you're used to that that Microsoft has greased the engine on yeah it, it, you realize pretty quickly that um, uh, it's not as automated as you're used to eh, it's fine yeah and that's like they, they say the same thing but and the other thing is, is if, if for some reason um, uh, you you have the interest, right? It's you know what to do. You've already seen it, uh, seen a lot of these processes function in a way where people just move on and live with it and, and don't complain. So um, let me let me give you some example. I, I have so many examples. Not sure where to start. When people ask me about it, the the word that the adjective that comes to mind most often it's just refreshing there's just it's refreshing there's a complete lack of bureaucracy just do what you need to do and and don't don't uh don't piss people off don't not even don't piss people off it's don't don't be a dick what so what i'm hearing is you have not yet encountered any sort of critical version of um, sorry, Alan, that's not how we do things here. No, no. If I were to come in and instigate a, uh, institute a huge amount of process and overhead and regime, then I would probably hear that. But that's not my style anyway. So what I'm finding is, is sure, honeymoon phase, but my style, my philosophies fit very well. For example, so you're not uh, gonna you're not gonna go uh, anytime soon and say what this business needs no. is more command and control. So, but let's talk about that specifically. My okay. philosophy, which uh, I've had for a while, but I've now after I read a book by Steve Denning called The Leader's Guide to Radical Management. Steve Denning writes for Forbes a lot. He's a straight business guy who uh, sort of found Agile and says, "Well, Agile is this is the way the work is done, regardless of whether it's software or anything else." But one of his principles is give people a framework they can work in and then get out of their way. 
uh, <laughs> which is sort of the opposite of command and control in a very sort of agile way of doing things. But mm-hmm. tell me how you would implement a command and control structure or any sort of micromanagement. When Let me give you the context of my team. My team is just shy of 30 people in seven countries. I have direct reports in Seattle, Austin, Texas, Copenhagen, Helsinki, Montreal. How am I how am I going to micromanage that team? How am I going to command and control that team? Brent's making a funny little uh, constipated well, so face. So first and foremost, uh, I've seen how you operate. If you wanted to command and control that team, you would find a way. <laughs> I would I would <laughs> I would never no, ever want to. No, and, I mean just by general, like even if you were even if all of that team was here locally, um, you wouldn't want to do that. We're wired that way. It, it, it's no, you lay down oh. principles, you make it very clear how they're going to be measured, and then you, uh, I mean, this is too hand wavy. Then you say, okay, now tell me how I can help. What resources do you need from me? Right. And I totally forgot uh, San Francisco as well. Yeah, I wasn't counting. <laughs> I so, do think it was, you said, Seattle, now San Francisco, Texas, Copenhagen, and... Finland, Helsinki. Finland, that's five. And you said seven countries. Well, so somebody... San Francisco is not yet a new country. Those were, well, maybe it's not <laughs> I, I might have been exaggerating a little bit there, but uh, I do have skip levels in. So I have, I like the combination. I have um, three leads reporting to me as well as... Six ICs, if I count right, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's good to get a little hands-on, get a little, and it's basically all of Unity services, everything from ads and analytics, big, big services, d- down to like uh, crash reporting and uh, multiplayer and the launcher. Just technically a service has a back end. So you're in it. Anything that has a back end, basically. Your Unity Engineering Services is what you're saying. Sure. Cool. Sure. It's all. It's uh, it's a ton of fun. And what I'm finding out and is as I expected going in is there's a lot of different ways of doing things, different tools used, different approaches. Some teams are very much are more along the agile spectrum, and they don't. They track bugs just like they're just pure work items. There's no real tracking a bug database or backlog. They're found and they're fixed. As I like fixed. those teams. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can imagine, my job is at first is to assess and kind of get a story, assess the current state. You don't, you then, don't have a, a going forward battle plan that you want to announce for the first time today on the podcast? No, I'm still, I'm still assessing <laughs> the current state uh, and getting to know people. I've now had one-on-ones with almost all of my direct reports at least one, so slowly getting to know people. I did spend two days in San Francisco getting uh, to know the team down there, okay. um, both on the, the test side, the QA side, and the uh, engineering side. I've met with uh, recruiting quite a bit because I have open headcount in San Francisco a lot, and, and, and then in Montreal I have a, a open headcount there too. So two different recruiters uh, working with them. Uh, so slowly working my way around the company. Huge Slack usage, which is awesome. One thing, and no, again, no regrets, no digs on Microsoft, but my last team, Microsoft Teams, a Slack competitor, I think is 
uh, a great solution for Office 365 organizations who have never used Slack before. But after having used Slack for the last three weeks, I don't think they're ever going to get a Slack user away from Microsoft. I'm sorry, a Slack uh, a Slack user to go to Teams. It's just too much farther along. It's so much faster, so much easier to use. Uh, but anyway, we have basically all conversations. It seems like Slack. their strategy is is uh, but, to go after the enterprise, which is a, a common I, strategy. Here. And 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 to be clear, I think that's a good strategy. When you have a new product, you can go right after the competitor and try and steal their customers. Very difficult or go after the market that hasn't been claimed yet. And I think it's, it's still a smart plan, but I'm loving using Slack. I get... I would say in general, I mean, Microsoft's going to default for the enterprise because for a lot of cases, um, in most of our yeah. markets, we own the enterprise. Yeah, and that's Microsoft's customer. We're, an, we're, we're software developers for the enterprise with a few exceptions. Yeah. So uh, I get... This is including... Anything from like systems like to approve an expense report or to approve leave or including all those sorts of mails, maybe on a crazy, crazy day, I may get five or six emails. <laughs> I think I just killed Brent. Uh, I, <laughs> Everything else is in I Slack. think the last time I had a day like that... <laughs> Was when I was an intern at Microsoft, and and I don't, <laughs> I hadn't been hooked up to the DLs yet. <laughs> yeah, I get more than uh, at Microsoft. I would get fifty mails on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mentioned I went to San Francisco. I also went. There was a Hack Week for services in San Diego, where there were about a hundred and. 125 or so uh, Unity developers and testers there. I went down there not to ta not to hack, but for two days just to uh, meet some people, uh, accelerate some some ramp up there, and so that was cool. Hey, so actually, I do have a question for you. Oh. Do you have a sense yet of what your job is going to be to add value to the business? Yeah, you do. Because what I what I what I've heard so far is the way you're thinking of driving your team, and it's still fuzzy. You, no, no, battle I, plans haven't been laid out, but you're going to be very principle driven. And I I, th I think the mission is clear. It's the implementation that's not, or the execution and and, and tactics. Okay, what's so your mission? The mission is to uh, I haven't I haven't put it into words yet. It's a bit in my head, but it's to. Uh, do awesome shit. No, no, no. It's a, it's about, and let me talk about it. We can figure out what the name is later. Okay. But the mission is definitely build Unity service testing culture, or build or establish. Let me, let me talk about it backwards. Something, something quality culture. No, no, no. For for what we have in the services at Unity is uh, a bunch of different disparate approaches to service testing different tools, different approaches, and, and they're different services, so it's okay. Also, what's happened is because they've never, they've been under two or th three different directors before. This is the first time with me coming in, they've actually combined all services QA and under one manager. Okay. So, Ooh, by, functional organization. Don't, just, just yeah. put a f***ing cork in it. Oops. <laughs> Be quiet, Brent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Gee whiz, Brent. <laughs> You're interrupting my flow. What I'm doing in establishing sort of the current state of what, learning what everybody's doing, learning how each of the services is tested, is from that I'll be able to build sort of a plan on what are the areas where it makes sense to consolidate, what are the areas where I think it's fine and I need to defend. For example, if someone's, there may be an old school someone old school says, you have to have a bug database and track these things. I say, well, actually, I can point out how it's actually okay to not have it if you're fixing all the bugs as you find them. So choosing where to defend, where to consolidate, and, and kind of establishing that shared vision for that team does two things. One, it gets some consistency and efficiency in how Unity tests services, uh, which is great. That's sort of the tactical goal. But okay. it helps build the services QA team which they haven't felt like it and they felt like there's no there's no camaraderie team and again they're spread across seven different locations but uh it at the same time i'm building that team sort of that you know the the, the culture of alan the culture of uh, you're trying to build a team culture right you, you have you have a bunch of people organized underneath you but that's yeah. a far different right. from a team and, and because i believe that uh, one thing that isn't happening, I'm huge on talking about ideas and, and learning and great ideas come from other ideas merging together. They don't have that sharing culture on like, oh, here, I found like there's, for example, three different uh, You have products. seven teams and there's 18 test harnesses. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not test harnesses as much as, oh, we use this because this and we use this because this. And they're not really like, oh, how about if we mix that chocolate and that peanut butter and make a damn good little Reese's peanut butter cup over here? I think because they're not connected and talking with each other, that sharing isn't happening. They're focused a lot on need to solve the problem for my team. So the world that you're you're talking about sounds like a bunch of very silos, specific, probably organically built tooling yeah. that has proven itself. And and no, because they're a a modern company who's aren't so stupid. They build all their own tools. They use everything is they use open source tools, common tools, but they don't uh, know that each other. Oh, hey, you're using that. I'm using that too. I had no idea. That's. I'm making those connections. But oh. it, isn't, it isn't like Microsoft 10 years ago when everyone's building a test harness. Or it isn't like Microsoft today when everyone's building a data pipeline. No, it's a knowledge management problem is what it you're... It is, a absolutely. So I'll figure out how to phrase that, but that's the that's the initial mission. And I should... Sharing is caring. Shut up. And <laughs> one thing that's... I want to tie that into one other thing is that's uh, Unity review process. Mm, is. Uh, I maybe we talk about it more later when I've been when I've uh, been there longer, but it's three questions three times a year, and the first question I'll get into the other ones in another podcast, but it's just what is your mission at Unity? So it's having that in my head as I sort of figure things out. It's like oh, it's becoming more and more clear to me what my what my mission is. At least you know it, that will change over time. That's why you do it three times a year. But here's the great thing. Now compare this to. Your history at Microsoft. I know Microsoft is a lot lighter weight, and but the three questions three times a year. Microsoft is lighter weight. Has I'm gotten sorry. has gotten lighter oh. weight since <laughs> we used to have to write these books once a year. Right. Uh, the review process is literally <laughs> managers three questions three times a year. You have a conversation about about those things. I think eight, we have H, no no back up six back up. There isn't HR doesn't require a check to make sure you've done it. It's 
you're asked to do it and you're expected to do it, but nobody's following up and making sure. There's nothing written down. Okay. This is just a conversation you have to have. It's 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 great. The company's at the stage where, and I think most small companies go through this, and I hope they can stay there as long as they can, where they want to avoid doing anything that makes them feel like a big company. So it's kind of fun. See, that, no, you, that's, see, you have, that's you, great. You, you that's have your great. Microsoft goggles on. Go no, on. no, no, that's great. But I, I, I've also done some lightweight research here, and that, that's so that's how a lot of small companies start up. And it does limit growth because at some point in time, you you can't really scale, and so they they go okay. They have to make a decision. Are we happy with with the growth level that we're at right now, or do we want to uh, take some of these pains? Unity is not public, right? No. Okay. Yeah. So that probably won't shift over. Yeah, at, at some at some point it may shift. But one thing I've learned talking to my team is that is everybody just loves working there and loves what they're doing. Again, go back to my word from five minutes ago, refreshing. Let's go into the next topic, and we can talk about my team there a little bit as well. I think, actually, it's quite relevant. Perhaps. So um, it's actually been a while since we released 53. I think it was about a month ago. What's the date today? Three weeks ago? Maybe. Actually, almost a month, yeah. Yeah, and then... During that time, there was a um, lot of activity on the Slack channel where um, what was being discussed is a, is a problem that was quite common back in the day for me. I'm pretty sure, sh- I don't know how, maybe it's super relevant to you now. But the question is, um, if you are a leader of a pure QA team, what are the goals of your team? And there were several things talked about. A um, uh, lot of uh, a lot of the discussion was. Uh, I mean, it, this this was common back in the day for me, where people would propose KPI and testers. One of the things that testers are really good at is knocking holes in everything. So um, that that's one of the things I observed on on the Slack channel was essentially, hey, code coverage, that's a goal, right? No, it's not a goal. Code coverage is a wonderful tool and a horrible metric. Yeah, that's my 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 standard line there. Great for finding where you may have missed testing, but shooting for a target will always generate the wrong uh, behavior. Hindsight twenty twenty for me. Like so, before I sort of start monologuing on my opinion on here, like, what do you, what do you th- think of this topic as it perhaps relates well, to you? Well, you've spoken about it very abstractly. Yeah. Uh, so, the question is, what's the role of what QA are the goals in, of a QA team? Oh. And and to make it tighter. So assume that it's it's a pure QA team that's perhaps is partnering with a dev team. What what are the goals of that QA team that 
that might be independent from the goals of the dev team? Well, I'm not a, and listen before you uh, jump in here. I am still remain not a fan of a dedicated QA team. So one thing I didn't mention about Unity, I think this is very, very common in industry. So Microsoft is on their, Microsoft is not. Microsoft is on their combined engineering thing where. Unified. Uh, unified engineering thing. I call it, yeah, because there's, you and I call it unified. They call it combined. But, but we'll if we get do rid it of the loud testers. enough, we can fix this. We'll get rid of the testers and the, and the developer. We've talked about it a bunch of times. I'll slam some tequila later and honor this. We talked, also talked a lot about my role on the Teams team, my last team at Microsoft, where I was the quality guy to kind of make sure that the developers were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that included making sure the tools were in place, coaching, whatever was needed to make sure they were, we were getting enough testing activity to happen, plus some vendors doing some manual testing. The idea of the dedicated QA team, and I'm thinking of the team that gets software at the end like we used to, or even we were... We were on the team from the beginning, but we got something here, test this before way too late. Even if, even if it was one month into the product cycle, the thing we got was way too late. We should have been involved earlier. So that's sort of. And I spent, you did as well, but spent almost um, half of my, maybe longer of my QA career um, fighting that. Yeah. So right? because it's a constant fight getting those uh Getting those dev or getting those PM to in involve QA at the beginning. Yeah. So that model sort of worked, and it worked. And remember, I had some of my vendors working involved in stand up and some of the key with some of the key feature areas, make sure they were involved early. Right. The way Unity are structured, which is very similar to how many many uh, organizations doing agile software development function, is every one of my across to a person across my 28, 29-person org uh, is embedded in a development team. Okay. So they work for me, and, and I'm, I get that consolidation. But as far as their day-to-day work, they um, and they have a, maybe have a lead that works for me who, who kind of makes sure that they're coordinated. But their day-to-day work, they're embedded in as the test expert in a feature team. The test expert or the test bitch? Expert. Okay, that's fantastic. I have great conversations with product owners already, our, our, our POs, okay. about, like I one, this guy, Andy, came to me this week and said, so, Oh, you're not Monday, supposed to mention names. It's fine. I can't, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not throwing him under the bus, because right. so I, I can right. talk about him when they're awesome. All right, fair enough. Um, and if I don't mention a name, it doesn't mean you're not awesome. But, <laughs> but anyway, he said, so how do I work with you? And I said, and... He said, so what, what do I do about, you know, should I come to you when I have, you know, work I think I, that those, your guys need to do? I said, well, that seems stupid, doesn't it? Is <laughs> <laughs> like, my job is to offer, uh, is to look for consolidation, everything in my mission we talked about. I'm right. looking for how we consolidate testing. I'm going to coach them on how, maybe how to get things done and what tools to use and learn from them. But as far as prioritizing their work, that's not my job. You know, the, the PO could take care of that. They know what testing and what quality work needs to get done, and they're empowered to do that. Unity is huge on empowerment, and right. you do what needs to get done. So these guys are definitely not the test bitches. They're the test experts. I like the but idea. But they're not from, the ones doing all of the testing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Good. They're the ones looking for – they're the ones testing the things that – testing for the things that probably no one else could find. 
I have both people. Everybody's air quote technical, but they do have the concept of the SDET and the STE, the test developer and the tester. Um, I have some of both uh, across my organization, which is fine. The but they everybody does kind of everything. It's a they're bought whether they use it by name or not. They're bought into the specializing generalist. And by the time I get through with my little part, a little bit of Allen culture in the, across my org, everyone will know what a specializing generalist is. I've already taught them about the five orders of ignorance. So they're, they're, <laughs> I, I, there's there's some bits of my my tool bag that came out naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they're embedded <laughs> in these teams across the org. That, by the way, is is one of my favorite parts of joining the new team. Is starting all over on on your series of these are the speeches I use every time. Uh, so anyway, I mentioned uh, embedded in the teams. Uh, I like the idea from Google of uh, experts, not just in testing, but in improving developer productivity. So I, I kind of expect them, again, everyone's different. I'm getting used to the team. But for the most part, they sort of get the, the necessity for efficiency. Now, are there better ways to do this? Are there ways? So they've, when I poke and think, ah, oh, here's something you could do. In most cases, they've, they've already done it. So it's uh, there's a backend service for uh, Cod Build. If okay. you build the Unity app. Oh, by the way, and I've built the. I'm, I'm working on a game. I have a little shooter I'm building in Unity. It's interesting writing a game. I don't know if you've ever written a game before, but a I long time ago. I spend more time in the editor working with physics and lighting than I do actually writing the code just to try and you know make it look right. So it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, little uh, shift for me in my software development. What kind of shooter are you building? Is just, it like just an like, FPS? No, or? like, like, like a, a Galaga-type game. It's, it's based on one of the demos. Oh, gotcha. But, but anyway, uh, but I'm using all of the services I can with this thing to get used to how they integrate. So each of these services has a entry point in the editor. I was going somewhere with this. Oh, and then there's this cloud build thing. So I can choose to build my uh, my project in the cloud, which is pretty cool. And I can target any one of Unity's zillion 30-ish uh, targets. I can build for Xbox or for or for Samsung TV or for, okay. or, for or for Windows or for Android or whatever. And uh, and then there's all these different versions of Unity's and things. And I thought, well, how? How do you handle the combination exploration of this? And they already they they know about combinatorial testing, and they have some stuff to go directly on the back end, beat out, make sure all these things continue to work all the time. So it's uh, and sure enough, the builds have again. My project's pretty simple now, but they've it they've worked out great. A little bit of a tangent there. Let's reel it back in. Neat story, Alan. Hey, what are the goals of a QA team? <laughs> Uh, I, I think they're buried in that story. I think the goals are to, and I don't want to fall back on Jim Moore's The Remainder, but no. it's, it's not entirely it. It's not, it's not being the test pitch. It's finding- I will kick you in the shins on the podcast and you'll miss my, I hear that. And, and you'll miss my shin <laughs> and, hit, and hit something more important. Uh, goals of the QA team are to increase developer productivity, identify risk- let me just stop there. I like the idea of the of the of the chicken little part chicken little part Eeyore. Okay. It'll never work. The sky is falling. Just I like I don't I I don't. 
Like, it, 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 I do like the thinking behind the people with that, but I find um, it's great to think that way. Don't communicate that way. Oh, you, I, I agree. <laughs> All right. I agree. Um, one other thing that I heard based on what you're discussing. Like, uh, so right now, I absolutely adore your model. The, the, Aww. But the one thing I think that is an opportunity here is is for you to also put in a um, some form of sticky obligation for your guys to proactively communicate um, and share, because I think that you do run the so empowered local teams is fantastic, but that if if Without any sort of thing to balance it, right? They're going to become siloed, and and this knowledge management problem that you're going to have is just continue or get worse. One of the things I think you should consider is, um, and it's fuzzy in my head, so I don't have something concrete for you. But what are actually the useful things that aren't a, that aren't going to start a bureaucracy engine that you could tell these guys? Hey, useful solutions that can be shared across. I want you to feel morally obligated to think about those generalized patterns and contributing to a solution. Because I think one of the things, as, as every team is focused on that, you're going to be the guy that goes, oh, you have that problem? Hey, my, my team that's you know, uh, 1,200 miles away from you will actually just solve that. So, so again, then you become a knowledge command and control so bottleneck. I, I think we've talked, to, we just a minute ago, we talked about learning from each other as part of that. But let me take a moment back and talk about um, not my mission, but Unity's mission. Three principles. Now, let's see if I can remember them. Democratize development. Okay. Solve hard problems. Okay. Enable developer success. Everyone at the company lives those principles. Okay. It's about sharing and enabling others, picking, not just solving the hard problems, but picking the right hard problems to solve, which is very much reflective of what you were talking about. It's like, yes, people are expected to identify and solve and share the hard problems. And then I think one that fits QA more than and again, I'm getting used to calling it QA. They call it QA at Unity, but we call it, oh, I call it the test, and there's, I don't care. I don't uh, either. <laughs> is, uh, Actually, it, I do care. We talk about Engineer. When we talk about enable developer, enabling developer success, it's uh, enabling en our end users are developers. We want, you know, you, oh, okay. and you know from working on Xbox is primary customer is not the end user, it's actually those developer making those games. The easier we make it for developers to make games that make them money, money, money. So the, uh, what do you, what money do, in Unity. What, what do you call money at Unity? Money. <laughs> <laughs> but the easier we make it for them to be successful developing games, the more successful we are. Right. The the um. So anyway, but going rewinding again, backing up. Yes, absolutely agree with you. Uh, that is definitely a goal. I want the team to solve hard problems that are hard problems that maybe other parts of the team haven't recognized yet and be able to benefit from that. 
Yeah, the, it reminds me, there is an Agile model, I'm forgetting the name of the company that that published this. So not only do they um, have, uh, I don't know I don't know if you guys are calling them scrum teams or whatever, but we'll call them little agile teams that are working together towards a common goal. Um, but what they've also created a, a secondary series of these teams where um, these we talk about gen specializing generalists, generalizing specialists, but this is specifically targeting around getting specializations in a in a community on a on a weekly basis and um, getting them to work towards a common secondary goal, whatever they invent, mm -hmm. right? But um, I actually thought that was a – when I first read it, I'm like, really, this is going to be massive overhead. But I think once that rolls and you make it very clear, no, you're, you're, you're really on – and strike the balance of the fact that you're telling them to be on two active teams, which is generally frowned on. But one is depth and one is breadth. And this breadth one uh, is, is uh, if you do it right, then knowledge correctly and naturally starts bubbling out. Yeah, that's a good idea. I forget. I'm even forgetting. They don't call it squads. There's this wacky no, terminology. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't need a name. And I think that's important also. This is part of building, I think we'll have to do things like that to build sort of the services team, even though everyone's embedded elsewhere. Already, uh, based on a conversation I've had with one of my leads, uh, they are going to put together, they're going to uh, take their team offline for, not offline, but take a couple days with them and sort of go through a little workshop on just uh, among themselves trying to identify the current state and where they want to go, which is great. Helps me out. And they've, and they've sort of taken it on themselves to do that, which is great. I think there's going to be many opportunities to do things like that. It's honeymoon phase, but so far it's just, I haven't met a person that, like everyone from super, I don't call them senior because it feels, the organizationally it feels very flat, which is good. I've um, And where there's hierarchy, it, it, with what you describe on the how empowerment actually that it, empowerment is an action, not a a, a, a management buzzword. Um, it's going to feel even flatter, right? Because part of the thing that you're you're essentially saying, unlike uh, let's say at your former company, <laughs> where oh my god, yeah, I've thought about one of the one of the expectations. Uh, would be so your role here if you were to go into a role like this you're going to be expected to every week join uh i don't know five six seven status meetings where you have to represent the progress of your whole entire organization and uh, i don't get the sense that you're going to have that requirement. No, no, it's about sharing and learning. There's, there's, I, yeah, no. Um, but I think, you know, hierarchy, I didn't realize it till I left how 
at Microsoft how uh, huge it was. It's like you, you sometimes you couldn't even like email someone based on their title. Like, oh, I'm too junior to talk to go directly to them. Yeah. That just doesn't exist. And again, part of a small company, too. If you're a company of 1,400 people with, you know, 500, no, 400 engineers. Yeah, but <laughs> we both have been in, in teams that, like, I've been in teams that are smaller than that. And, and, and sort of that, the rule that you're talking about persists. Oh, no, don't waste his time. Yeah, oh, I worked. I and I had someone who worked for me, who talked to my skip level directly, and I got shit for it. You did? Yeah, because my you go, my manager came to me and said, He's, "Why hey, is this guy coming to me?" Hey, Ian went and talked to Tom directly. That he need if he has a, if he has stuff he needs to talk about, that should come to you or to me. You can't go up that many levels of. Of of hierarchy directly. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I know you made up the names. So maybe I'll talk to you after the podcast. But the, <laughs> stuff like that just ticks me off because that is a dude who who is trying to do um, PR control. Yeah. Um. All right. Did I answer your question eventually? <laughs> We don't have direct yes or no answers here. At my, at, well, at no. So, so in terms of, like, what are the goals of a QA team? Like, the – in my – so my my belief, again, is a QA team, and I think you described it uh, even in your organization. You described it differently, but a QA team's responsibility is to accelerate – Quality, yeah, but and, quality and from a customer point of view. I've actually remember uh, you have had that definition for many, many years. Yes, and do you see? I successfully uh, didn't use the forbidden words. Uh, <laughs> I don't think right. we've talked about it on the podcast. It's been a long time if we have. No, so my view: if you have a dedicated QA team, first and foremost. Right, it's not a goal per se because usually when people ask goals, they want something that has a, a KPI in it. But if you start off with the idea that a QA team's role is to accelerate uh, the the achievement of shippable product quality, framed very tightly with that, my definition of quality has uh, the square root of nothing to do with bugs. It has to do with customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then you can, you can take the context of your current team and break it down. The, it is very context sensitive in my experience. Right? I do not like goals of, I will automate all things um the 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 problem with that um when you are in a leadership of a qa team the best thing for you to do is number one realize that the sort of the definition the vision or whatever you want to call it that i just mentioned then take the business kpis that your executives care about what are the needles they're trying to move 
And then convert your goals, something that leverages the skill set of your team, but says, hey, you know what? I'm going to take ownership of knocking down 3% of whatever this business KPI you're caring about by using my team's assets. Sure. Right. And in, in my view, there's three general things. Um, business value. Now, in, if you're in Q18, business value is going to be whatever you're doing to measure customer satisfaction around your product. That's QA secret sauce. We're good at customer satisfaction, but drive it not from theory. Second, calendar time. Calendar time, once you've lost it, you can't get it back. You can't hire more months in the year to, to scale up. Calendar time is a critical resource, particularly in this services agile world. And then probably the easiest one, but also, um, well, depending on the organization, it might not be as valuable as the prior two. And that's engineering time. Uh, much like what you're talking about, you want to improve developer productivity. Which is actually quite close to accelerating quality. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Because it, when you were telling the story, it, it, um, the word developer is overloaded. Because the developer is not only your, your Unity's customer. That's the class of people. They're game developers. Mm -hmm. or, right. Um, but they're actually a title within Unity. Sure. So uh, when I when when I first heard when you uh, you know half hour ago when you were talking about developer productivity, I was assuming it was the in-house developers, not your customer side. Maybe I interpreted entirely. No, wrong. actually, when I was talking about developer productivity, in that case, I was talking about in-house developers. Right. To be clear. Yeah. So that's sort of the engineering time. If you if 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 QA is can um, eliminate waste on that front. Um, I don't. I'm not a big fan as, as, um, of targeting efficiency first. I'd rather target productivity. But as part of that, if if QA can eliminate waste and that results in a shorter calendar time, which results in a in of course, a if happier if customer efficiency will result in shorter calendar time. Uh, efficiency won't. Productivity will. Efficiency is about reducing. Well, generally, efficient. My definition of efficiency is about reducing time wasted. Right, um, time. But there is another pivot, and I agree. There is another pivot on efficiency that I find is actually used most often. And that's the elimination of idle time. And I, I don't want to go into it today. We don't have enough time. But um, the studies have shown that if you want to move fast, uh, you need to make sure that there is actually idle time in your um, people's daily calendars. A, a, uh, a metaphor. A fully utilized freeway is known as a parking lot. 
So if you fully utilize all the resources on your team, you're going to go slow. And if you don't believe me, Alan's looking at me like, I get I don't it. know if it's I should a, make fun no, of you. I, I, uh, yeah. You can look it up in Reinertsen's book. If you don't believe me, no, I, I, you'll I, believe I, him. I, I believe him way more than I believe you. Fair enough. That's uh, Flow. The, what's that book? Engineering Flow? Right. The Flow of Software Development. I forget the exact title. Principles of the, uh, de Software Development Flow or maybe just Development Flow. All right. Is there anything else to talk about? Are we done? I where, think we're done. Where are we at? <laughs> hey, uh, more stories of Unity coming up. Yep. But not today. Nope. All right. Uh, I guess we're done. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we will see you next time for 55. Double Nick. 55!